Darren, Kerry and Sky, East Coast Radio. Consumer Watch with Wendy Nola, Thursdays at 8.40. Hello, Wendy lady. Darren, awesome. good to be with you. Yeah, good to have you with us again. And so here's the deal, right? It is desperate times. Everyone's desperate. Everyone wants to try and, you know, make sure that they can make their rent and car payments, get their kids to school, put food on the table. I get that. Scammers, it would seem, are equally as desperate as the rest of us. Um, uh, tell me about this new scam involving puppies, make-believe puppies, play-play puppies. Well, here's the thing. It's actually not new. It's been around, I think I've been... I've, raised it on consumer watch many times since oh, 2004 when we started but mm. not for a while um and i've realized with the complaints i've got recently that um the scam is uh the same as it ever was a few tweaks here and there but many people more importantly still fall for it so and of course the fact that we all doing so much more online these days buying so much more online mm. thanks to COVID, plays right into the hands of these puppy scammers so basically if you are and this is another debate altogether purebred puppies versus getting a rescue mm. but let's say you want a particular breed a bulldog a husky a dachshund a schnauzer whatever it is and you go onto the internet and you type husky breeder or even with kittens a big one you know the must-have you know trendy kittens for mancoons for example and you mm. put that in you put breeder you will undoubtedly, among the results, if not most of the results, will be uh, fraudsters. Yeah. Uh, knowing that people want these these uh, trendy uh, breeds for whatever reason. Okay. And the price might seem pretty good, but when you factor in that the, these these pets, these animals don't actually exist, mm. and that it's a typical uh, advance fee scam, and that once you pay for the pets, then comes the, you think that's it, and then comes the demand for the next and the next. And in this case, it's always now the animal's at the airport or it's with the courier and the courier says, um, sorry, the crate that the breeder supplied is, is really um, not uh, cutting it. COVID, this, that, whatever. You need to rent a, a, a crate. You'll get your money back on the other side when the animal flies to you. Mm. But, you know, but you have to pay it. And it can be up to 11,000 rand. Yeah. And then people pay it, of course, it starts to unravel that there's no animal. And it's the problem with this particular form of, of, of advanced fee scam, Darren, is, of course, the heartache. The family's excited. They've seen all these photos. Mm. And um, it, it's just horrible all around. So, yeah. and I, you know, Bridget H., she's a Cape Town woman who actually filed for the scam recently. She posted this on Facebook, and I think it sums it up. You get hooked on the adorable pictures mm. and they bull dot 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 you. You buy it because you get emotional about the puppy. I consider myself fairly savvy, but not when it comes to apricot colored poodle puppies, oh. apparently. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we have limited time. I have lots of case studies, but what I want to, want to say is, first of all, um, Kuzo warns that um, they always go into the selling price that's far beyond below the rate of a legitimate breeder so please if you want a particular breed get hold of Cusa. i'll put the details on the blog and ask them what the going rate is so you have a starting point to know to, to suss out the scammers um the scammers always insist uh, on shipping so the first thing they ask you when you make contact is where are you so if you say durban they'll be in pe or cape town or Joburg. Okay. if you say um pe they'll be in durban you know what I mean? so they, they 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 have to fly the dog to you because that's the only way the that's where they make the money, yeah. For the crate and all that. That's how it works. And if they're advertising, a very good one. If they're advertising too many breeds of dogs and a seemingly endless supply of them, that's can't you know that's not, not how breeders operate. They mm. tend to specialize in one breed. Um, but, but 
the language is terribly unprofessional. It's very syrupy and for yeah. babies and we, you know, look after them and you must spoil them rotten and yeah. they throw in all sorts of other perks which are ridiculous, such yeah. as microchipping, special leash, blah, blah, blah. So all those are warning signs and mm. don't be swayed by what you look, what you think look, uh, are authentic looking websites. Yeah. You're not, if you're still not convinced, take a bit of the, the, the copy, the words on their website, mm. cut and copy it and paste it into Google and you'll find it on all sorts of oh. other scams. The Consumer Protection Act. How long have you been covering this? How many years? It's been an act in force for 10 and a half years. 1st of April, and a half almost years. And, a half and you were years. talking about it when it was still a 20, bill. 2011, yes. Right. Um, I was. I mean, yes. So anyway, I, I mean, most regular listeners will have heard me banging on and on and on about this. But here's mm. the thing, Darren. I have to do it. Maybe I should do it in that Britbox accent so people actually pay attention. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe they will. But and, you, and you should have the Chelsea Flower <laughs> Show behind you. <laughs> yes. Maybe. Maybe I need to try something different. I'm not sure. But anyway, I will keep carrying on about it because yeah. people keep having bad experiences around this with uh, retailers big and small across the land in the country in the cities whatever and it's no excuse for it 10 years on i have to say it's a different show that consumers often think they have rights when they don't have rights but if mm. you have something that you buy and within six months it malfunctions and not because you abuse it in some way mm. you have the right to choose your remedy a refund a replacement or a repair Okay, most people want a replacement or a, a, a refund. Repair, not so much, but that's what the retailers really want you to have. So, mm. the latest case of Gong, you got it wrong, is a pick and pay case. Um, so, Jonathan C wrote to me and he said that it was actually involves a euthanic uh, branch of pick and pay. Yep. He bought a kettle at the end of May. Uh, he recently discovered the kettle was leaking, so that's well within the six months CPA warranty period. Mm -hmm. He returned it, and they tested it in the store and confirmed, yes, the kettle is indeed leaking. And he said, but they uh, offered him a replacement, but he said, I was under the impression that I get to choose my remedy, and wow. I chose a refund because I lost faith in that particular brand, and you can understand that. And he said... They told me that they have the right to replace the product up to three times before they will refund it. That's the kind mm. of thing that happened before CPA, right? Um, or they insisted on keep uh, repairing it over and over again and, and you know, had no right to actually say, actually, I want a refund. Anyway, after an argument, he says, he decided to accept the replacement only to find they didn't have stock of that particular kettle. So they said, oh, all right then. And they gave him a refund as if they were doing him a favor. And what mm. he wanted to know from me was, uh, for the sake of empowerment and knowledge, as he put it, is that the correct procedure? Were they doing me a favor or was I within my rights to insist on a refund yeah. under the circumstances? And then, of course, what I've just explained is, yes, of course, if if you buy it, it's within six months, if it goes wrong, as long as they they can send it off to, for assessment to, to rule out user abuse. But essentially, you don't have to accept a replacement or a play if you want a refund. So I put this to speak and pay and I said, why is this still happening 10 years on? And they said, our customer's absolutely right. He has the immediate choice to have the product replaced or repaired or to receive a refund. We have contacted the store to make sure they follow the correct process in future. And we sincerely apologize to our customer for any convenience that he had. I have to just add here that um, 
this only applies to defective products, right? If you change your mind or someone gives you another one, the product's perfectly okay and you've bought it in a store or someone's bought it for you in a store, you don't have the right to refund. In fact, they don't have to take it back at all. If they do, they'll most likely give you a, a, a voucher or credit or a replacement or something, mm. not a refund. But at the risk of confusing everybody now, if you buy something online as we increasingly are, you have a week's cooling off period in which to return it at your cost unless they decide to absorb it. For a full refund, you've got seven days, uh, and that's the one instance when you're entitled to a refund, even if the product is not defective. And that's so that- where you get me confused every single time, Wendy, is that the CPA changes according to brick and mortar purchases and online purchases, but at least now it's a little bit clearer. Plus, we have it available on podcasts. To listen to these moments and anything else you might have missed, go to ecr.co.za and click on podcasts.